0: What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Val from the Side Room Podcast, dropping down a little bit of a sidecast for your viewing or your hearing pleasure right about here in Podcast Land. And I got a special guest today, all the way from the Stoop Podcast, my boy BX Kamor. my boy Jay. What's going on, bro? You what's going on, Val Cisco? Chilling. What's up with you? Not much. Playing a little bit of Slipknot. Did you get to hear that on that side yeah. over there?
1: Yeah, yeah, I heard it. I was like, uh, <laughs> wait a minute. What,
0: Who's that? Like- <laughs> <laughs> I know you're an avid <laughs> Slipknot listener, so I figured this would be a nice little surprise right now.
1: Definitely, yeah, man. Definitely is a good surprise. I haven't heard some Slipknot in a while, man.
0: Many people in my ears. Many people don't know this, but uh, me and Jay go back years and years and years, fucking decades of uh, friendship right now, listening to rock and roll, listening to uh, metal, punk, hardcore, yeah. wrestling, MMA, you mm. name it, we probably did it together.
1: All that stuff, man, from wrestling in the basement, almost ending ourselves, <laughs> et cetera. <laughs> like, the friendship goes way back, man. It's yeah. a pleasure being here with you on the sidecast, bro.
0: Awesome, awesome, man. So I figured we should do a little something different today and kind of review something that we both love that's near and dear to our house, and that's MMA as a whole. And I know, just like you, um, I'm a giant MMA fan, either where it comes to amateur MMA or professional MMA. really doesn't matter because a sport is something that we love. We live for it.
1: Yeah, definitely, bro. Like, Like you said, we've been watching, God, like, MMA since, like, years now. Like, I think the first event we saw was, like, 99 remember we ordered it in my house I think uh,
0: before that man we were going into like, like um I think 97 or 98 because we yeah. remember, I remember Dan Hardy versus Marcus Davis bro Well yeah yeah exactly
1: <laughs> yeah I remember that yeah you know and playing the old school UFC games up mm-hmm. in the friend's house you know so yeah definitely definitely way back but you know like it, we've been watching it for quite some time man so we know we know our stuff yeah <laughs> we're, we're pretty uh, knowledgeable
0: when it comes to MMA yeah. and speaking about MMA of course we want to kind of do something different today we're going to talk about MMA as a whole the good the bad the ugly the horrible the fantastic there's some high points in UFC or Bellator and there's some low points like no more strike force or um WEC man good old days
1: ooh WEC man ah <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I just brought back so much memories. WC, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, WC was like my safe haven when I wanted to get away from the BS of like UFC and all that stuff. Like, you, uh, WC, excuse me. Oh man, that just look. Like, I get so emotional. It holds a special place in my heart because. Those blue gloves, the blue magic. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I love some WEC. Nah, Watching man. it on, right? <laughs> I,
0: I, I agree with you on that, too. I mean, looking at WEC, we saw most of the stars that are popular today, like freaking Chael Sonnen was yep. a middleweight champion in WEC. We had Benson Henderson, that's, Anthony Pettis.
1: That's true. That's true. Uriah Faber, Good Cub boy. Swanson. Yep, yep, yep. Um. Varal, freaking um, the freaking king of WEC. Yeah, yeah, a Rafael Rafaela Sansão. It's a lot of the fighters right now that made it. Donald Cerrone. How can you forget about that? Jose Aldo. Yeah, Jose Aldo, one of the best. You know, so like that. It it, it just holds a special place in my heart, man. I'm choked up right now. (laughs) Sorry to bring
0: back (laughs) bad memories, man. No,
1: those those are good memories. (laughs)
0: We are looking at at everything good before, and I kind of want to bring it to the present now. And as Mm -hmm. MMA, as a company, from different companies as a whole together, how do you feel about MMA in the world right now, in the spotlight, whether it's mainstream or even in the small arenas? What is MMA to you right now?
1: To me, MMA right now is in, like, spotlight world, I mean, it's one of the popular sports right now. Mm-hmm. It's, like, fighting-wise, it's, like, the pinnacle. I'm sorry, I've never liked boxing. To me, MMA is above boxing. You know, mm. boxing is trash, you know. I might hurt a lot of people's feelings, but boxing is trash, you know. MMA, to me, is where you want to prove everything. It's like the proving ground. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so, definitely. to me, it's just, like, the best fighting sport on top of the world right now, to me, because UFC put mma on the map you know like with the whole merger with the dana white and the Fatitas. they put mma on the map and you know so it's like to me it's everything right now and you know
0: well uh, my biggest concern is that i love mma as well too whether it even be ufc bellator even the late great strike force and wc as well too i just um i agree with you i think mma surpasses what boxing gives right about now. It gives you multiple great fights instead of just one big fight you're paying for eighty nine ninety nine on a fucking boxing card. So I love the fact that I could be surprised at MMA. I love the fact that, you know, everybody has a chance. You could be the fucking littlest guy in the fight, but that dude has a puncher's chance, or, you know, he could he could lay and pray on him for a half an hour, or two. He has a chance.
1: <laughs> no, you're absolutely correct on that. Like, boxing, you pay... Like, how much was the last McGregor fight, Connor? I mean, about 100 hey bucks, bro. 100 Excuse bucks. Me, yeah. 100 bucks for just like one good fight, you know. So, MMA, you get top to bottom, which is way cheaper, mm-hmm. 50 bucks. Yep. And like you said, the MMA, sometimes it's the proving ground for the underdog. You know, you could just go in there with the biggest guy, either knock him out, you know, muscles don't mean nothing. So, nope. It's, you know, you can get the lay and pray and grind out the decision. So, it's, you know, I feel like it's the ultimate proving ground and takes a lot of, you know, um, nuts, you know, to, to, to be an MMA fighter. <laughs> no, you definitely. Know, boxers, yeah, boxers just, you know, oh,
0: he's beat up a little bit, throwing the white out,
1: you know, like MMA mean, fighters, yeah.
0: The biggest thing I see right now, and I was going to ask you this here, too, we were talking about this before. Have you seen a lull in MMA for the last maybe five years compared to where it was five years ago, too? <laughs>
1: The low, low, I definitely have seen the sport. The biggest impact the sport took was when they signed this partnership and this deal with Reebok. Oh, yeah. That was was the lowest point to me in the sport. Like, you lost all integrity. You kind of sold out the sport. Like, that's where you saw where they started taking away the little sponsorship banners, the sponsors on the shorts, the tights, you know, on the ring. These were things that, you know, made the sport interesting, and gritty, you know, like a, a worker man sport. So that, to me, is the lowest point, the Reebok deal.
0: No, I agree with you 100% on the Reebok deal for the UFC. My biggest thing with uh, that, too, is that um, I think when these fighters had sponsorships, they fought hungrier. Because, of course, you want to impress your sponsor. The biggest sponsor True. you have on your shorts is going to give you the biggest payday. Whereas you're looking at Reebok now, you're kind of getting the equal payday unless you're a bigger star or you probably get a fight at night award.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely correct because, you know, back then, it's like you said, you would fight your ass off. These fighters would fight their ass off for that big sponsorship, you know. They would want to show up so they can get sponsored by a big sponsor because that's really how they made a lot of their money, you know. So, nowadays, this Reebok, they have like a chart system, how you get paid, where you fight. If you're undercard, you really don't get nothing. So, it's it's really bad. Reebok hurt the sport. In my opinion.
0: And you no know, offense to Reebok, because I, I can't take the whole blame on Reebok, um, because even in um, the infancy of trying to get a big sponsor for the UFC to be a little more legitimate, they almost had Nike and it was uh certain uh, 205 pounder who kind of ruined that deal for them. But they almost <laughs> gravitated to Nike. They almost had that, bro. So I think it could have been different if maybe they had that sponsorship. You 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 you're right. I c I
1: can't put all the blame on Reebok, you know, because it's two sides to the coin, you yep. know. So and you're absolutely correct. They almost did have Nike because uh Junior Dos Santos used to come out with his Segano shirt, you yep. know. John Jones had his, you know, Nike yep. um shirt and
0: sneakers too, he had a Nike sneaker um line as well too for running sneakers and track sneakers.
1: Oh yeah, that's absolutely true, you know, and the the maybe if they would have went with the Nike, you know, Nike puts out doper apparel, in my opinion. Yeah. Know, I don't want to be biased or anything. But besides the point that, you know, that that went sour. But it would have been cool if it was the Nike sponsorship.
0: No, yeah, definitely. And it, I, there's other things that attribute to the sport. I mean, little things like um, and we can get into it, too. Um, we're going to try to do the good, the bad, the ugly right now. And, you know, we're going to start off sour and work our way up. So we're going to go with the with the bad first. We're not going to go too ugly, but we're going to go with the bad. And in my opinion right now, the bad is the oversaturation of UFC. Not MMA, but just UFC in general. Every week there's a fucking card.
1: Yeah, that's true. The, the oversaturation, because that hurts the sport, yep. actually. It hurts the sport in the sense that you are getting a fight every week every you get a fight like two or three times in a month yep you know so it's like you're not hungry for that next event you know you get that oh i want to i want to see the next event no you you get oversaturated and you kind of lose the love for the sport because that has happened to me in a certain extent that you get a fight card first week week another one so it's like okay i really don't want to see the next card you know i already saw one so no. It, it does hurt it, the oversaturation.
0: Definitely. And then you have injuries as well, too. When you have so many fight cards, that means you have so many times a fighter can actually fight in a year, which is good for them. But, of course, they're prone to injuries. Then when you have injuries, you're prone to changing the event. And then when that happens, you have main events that don't get a main event. No pun intended. You won't get a main event or you'll get somebody who substitutes in that main event not who's sure. not a caliber. No offense to anybody who um, fights for a main event, but they might not even be ready for that fight. They're just going in for that payday.
1: No, that's absolutely correct. And like you said, you have these fighters that fight so many times a month, and then you have these fighters that actually could get a main event spot, and they don't get the main event spot because they're oversaturated, so they end up yep. on regular spots, and no, like, these fighters deserve main events, and sometimes they don't get the main event because of oversaturation, and that hurts the fighter as well in general, that they don't get that spotlight where they deserve it, a lot of them.
0: Oh, yeah. Case in point, Joseph Benavides and John Dotson. Exciting fighters. I know uh, Joseph Benavides is one of your favorite fighters, and pound for pound, I definitely think he deserves a fight night main event. Maybe not a UFC main card main event right about now because he's not in the title picture just right now, but the same token, you could put him as the main event or co-main event, and he's an exciting fighter.
1: Definitely, I do agree. You like you said, I have nothing but love for Joseph Benavides. I've been on that train for like forever since WBC. but um, I he definitely he 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 would do good with a Fight Night main event. He has had some losses that have hurt mm-hmm, him, mm-hmm. you know, against certain fighters, championship fights he has lost so. But he definitely does. He's, he's one of the fighters that definitely deserve a main event spot. Fight night. Get that hunger up. Yeah. Work him up again. And, you know, let him feel that, that hunger again that, you know, I want to be on top. So maybe he lost a little bit of his hunger. But I, no matter what, I still love Joseph Benavides. Dotson, animal. I love, I love yep. Dotson. Yep, Dotson, yep. He's, he's, he's such a fucking beast. I love Dotson. Power, speed, everything. He's just like charisma. Mid- yeah, exactly. He's just like a mini he's perfect you know and i really honestly thought he was gonna beat um who was it demetrius johnson it was, I believe? yeah yeah it still is demetrius <laughs> so, yes it still is demetrius he's another beast in his own category but if we go back to that fight i feel like dotson did not execute nope. i feel like he got cold feet because yeah. he had johnson beat against the cage and he did not pull the trigger. And no. I feel that was his moment to pull the trigger, and he messed up.
0: I definitely agree on that point right there. If there's something that's like really, I guess, bad that's like making the sport suffer right now, in your opinion, what would it be?
1: The bad that makes, oh, it's, it's a lot. But I could just jump on the fact that too much favoritism. Too okay. much favoritism in the sport. You have these fighters that, honestly, they play with their careers. That's how I feel. Because you have these fighters, for example, Matt Brown. Matt Hmm. Brown was, like, on a, what, 10 fight, 11 fight, win streak? I don't know, eight? Yeah, no, no, you're right. I think 11 fight, win streak, yeah. Yeah, and they did not pull the trigger to give him a championship fight. What happened? They put him up against somebody. He lost. You know, that playing with people's career and that favoritism and just giving the same people title shot, title shot, you know, favoritism is what really hurts the sport. Let the fighter work his way up. Let him get the hunger. I right. feel like it's favoritism.
0: I- I'm going to throw this question to you since you say that when it comes yeah. to favoritism because well, I'll bring it back to Demetrius Johnson. He okay. kind of feels that uh, it was not too long ago where he was going into dispute with Dana White saying that he was going to uh, strip him from that title if he didn't fight. Uh, who was it? Um, what's his name from the weight division? Your boy. Um, uh. That, uh, that was going to fight um, Gambert next.
1: Oh, Dillashaw, Dillashaw, there we go. He was
0: going to actually go down, wait and do a title fight for him. And he refused to fight uh, Dillashaw in in favor of Ray Borg because he was the legitimate number one contender. So a big money fight instead of a number one contender fight. So what's your thoughts weighing on that? Would you go big money or would you have rather have that ranking system in place?
1: Me since I just spoke about favoritism, I'd rather have the ranking system in place, okay. like Bellator does. You fight up the ranking system. You prove that you're worthy. Don't just sit there because you want asses in the sea and money. You know, I mean, money makes the world go round. But sometimes by you doing that, you hurt these people's careers. No, no, it's 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 alignment. I feel like if the player is hot, pull the trigger, let him fight for the strap. That's how I feel.
0: Definitely, definitely. I mean, I'll say the same thing with Bellator too. One of my gripes with um, a lot of MMA today is that they're not building enough stars. And when I look at Bellator, um, maybe not so much right now. But what it was maybe maybe about four or five years ago, where they had the system on Spike TV, where they would build yeah. a, uh, different fighters up. You would see new fighters, people with like one and zero records or two and zero records, and they'll get their chops mm-hmm. into the sport. Mm-hmm. And eventually, with that tournament style, you'll get them to a number one mm-hmm. contender status. Will they get scrubbed out? Maybe, but at least it was legitimate.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely correct because that's how UFC started. Yeah. Remember. Um, these people used to fight one, two, three times a night for that championship you know for the for that check so Bellator did adopt that style and it was perfect. you go through the ranking system, you get your shot, you know like you work your way up mm-hmm. so that that system was was perfect in my opinion, and that's what made me appreciate Bellator a lot like I saw hey, this is just not favoritism here this is you take and then they even took the, the most grittiest, grizzly person. They didn't care about beauty and, oh, no, you, you, this and that. They just, if you're winning, you're, you're going to keep climbing the rankings. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You will get your shot.
0: But then again, Bellator does have a habit of, of uh, being the WCW, no wrestling pun in the, uh, related <laughs> to this of of the MMA world because they're taking essentially UFC's yeah. you know back backwash right now. Not to say that they are, but you know you have Big Country Roy Nelson main eventing uh, huh. a Bellator show.
1: <laughs> they they really are. We, we can't hide it. Don't don't hide
0: it. Don't hide it. They
1: really <laughs> they're pulling the WCW all day, and it's cool, but it's hurtful at the same time. Yeah. It it's cool in the sense that you're gonna bring these eyes to your product because these fighters have fans, you know, you know, like Phil Davis, yep, Roy Nelson, yep. Ryan Bader, Rory McDonald, Check I love Kongo. all those fighters. <laughs> Check Congo, yeah. I love all those fighters, you know, so I will be attracted to the Bellator product, but Bellator is just like you said, riding these I don't wanna call these fighters washed, but it's like you're kind of now shunning your homegrown product for these fighters from another division. You're hurting your product now by bringing in these other fighters like WCW when they brought Hogan in, he was the max, you know, it yeah. was all about Hogan. So, you know, it kind of hurts the homegrown product now.
0: The thing about it is I I, I feel that Bellator would do better if they actually challenge these older quintessential fighters, more experienced veteran fighters with some of their younger <laughs> talent I mean, no offense, uh, I don't want to see Phil Davis versus Ryan Bader in Bellator because I felt like, you know, I saw that in the UFC already. Why would I see it again? Where I can see a good match, which Bellator is doing with Petriki taking on Benson Henderson. That's an awesome match right there.
1: Yeah, that, that match is money. That match is money. And I agree with you that if you bring in these fighters, you know, challenge them with your homegrown product. Like, let's say, you know, you bring a Roy Nelson in. You make him fight one of your product. Make him prove himself, not just bring him in, okay, you're above everybody. That like like a little um war games or you know, sold yeah. out. I don't know how they did WCW <laughs> versus NWO, you know. So like you know, something like
0: that. That that would be cool, you know. And it's just a, a, a good idea what you have there. Um I wanna kinda bring some good into this, and I know there's not a lot of good when it comes to mixed martial art right now. I can see where it's going, and I can see the footprints of it being a better place in the next maybe two or three years if they continue certain things. But I'm going to throw a question to you. What do you see that's good in MMA right now?
1: The good? Well, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm really hard on the sport because, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, we've seen the sport evolve from the first day. Yep. So I'm going to be really hard and judgmental and and be – It'd be hard because all I see that's really good right now is just a few fighters that I could count on one hand, you know, uh, DJ Demetrius Johnson, Henry Cejudo, Um, just those few fighters, I say they're real bright and they can elevate the sport. And for females, you know, um, I will massacre her name and I apologize, <coughs> but. Uh, the Polish fighter, Joanna Jojenczyk. You, you know, did a great...
0: Like, you did
1: a great... <laughs> <laughs> I, watched, I did her name if she ever hears this podcast. Like,
0: but, you did it better than <laughs> when I would ever say it. I would just give up on the first syllable. Jojenczyk. <laughs> 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 but anyway, like,
1: it, it, it's fun to say. You try. It's fun to no, say. No, 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 <laughs> no.
0: But I definitely agree with you on that.
1: Yeah, she's like a strong female fighter for up-and-coming girls, you know, that watch the sport like, hey, I want to be like her or I want to fight if they're pursuing this career. They could look up to people like that, like DJ, Cejudo, Joanna. um, And Amanda Nunes, you know, even though she didn't show up in her last fight, she's still pretty bright in the sport. So I honestly feel, sorry for cutting you off, I honestly feel that the females have a brighter future in the sport and they're actually out of the elevating sport excuse me elevating the sport to where it's at because females actually put on better fights in my opinion
0: yeah no i a hundred thousand percent agree with you on that i think joanna is an inspiration to many girls in a way ronda wasn't i mean at at the time when ronda was coming up ronda was good for certain eyes coming to the sport at the end of the day you kind of were watching ronda to watch her get beat rather than win Whereas That's true. When you look at Joanna right here, Joanna actually puts up a hard fight. And even if she's in the losing end, her fights are most of the time 9 out of 10s or 10 out of 10. So I give her all the respect in the world carrying the strawweight division by herself. But there's also great fighters that I can see if they build these fighters up with a little bit more charisma. Uh, I remember when they were on Spike TV, you have seen. And they would do specials on these characters, specials on these uh, on these mm-hmm. fighters, and you That's would true. be drawn into them. I mean, how you know, many times I seen a fucking Chuck Liddell promo on Spike TV or Randy Couture or fucking <laughs> uh, with my man Mark Coleman?
1: Man, Mark Coleman, yeah.
0: I would be hyped to see a Mark the Coleman Hammer. fight. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> maybe the match wouldn't be top notch quality, but I, it oh, maybe draw nice. in though. Uh,
1: and, uh, I'm sorry, sorry for cutting you off, but I disagree with you because <laughs> you remember we thought Mark
0: <laughs> <Holman>. <laughs> Relentless. <laughs> uh, that might be my whole Mark time <laughs> favorite pay per view ever.
1: You remember we were hype the hammer. That,
0: that was awesome match
1: <laughs> between two old. Lions just scrapping it out, you uh, know. So please, if anybody
0: listens to this, go ahead, go back on YouTube or whatever, and go watch um, UFC Relentless yeah. Couture versus Coleman, oh. funniest yeah, shit ever. Do yourself
1: the favor. Do yourself the favor. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was an awesome match. We thought that card was gonna be. That was garbage, an awesome card. But it turned out to be a great card. I think that was the card where Frank Trigg lost his career, right? <laughs> if <all> I'm mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Oh, I can't right now. (laughs) Those are great memories. (laughs) Those are great memories. Definitely priceless memories. But yeah, sorry.
0: (laughs) I agree I agree on on that point too. But I think that we have fighters right about now that could be great if you don't Mm -hmm. feed them anybody top 10 right about now. People like Paige Van Zandt, who's been getting her ass kicked in a lot of her fights, but she's scrappy. And I think if you would have built her up with people who are like 2-0 like 5 and 3 things of that nature. She would have got accumulated accumulated a good win streak going on and a good experience going into the UFC and had a lot of fun with it. Definitely. Paige VanZant?
1: Fan of hers. I was never really a fan of her. I just thought she was a pretty face
0: mm-hmm.
1: and a nice ass. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, you know, she was a pretty face because let's be honest, they were pushing her as a sex symbol. Of course. Blonde, blonde hair, blue eyes. But after the Rose Yunus fight, where she got her ass mauled, yep, I was like, "This girl is tough as nail." I am a fan, and she is just not a pretty face. That's where I became a fan of her, and she is one of the bright cornerstones of the sport. And it's like you said, they definitely have to feed these fighters. Um, I don't wanna downplay the other fighter, but you know, little scrap fights, you know, to keep yeah. them hungry. Yeah work that record though so that's, i agree with you there
0: that's how it was i mean look at vitor Belfort's fights uh, half of his career were squash matches at that time um you look at people like um um sage northgut and sage he's another personality who's like i think he's like 22 or 21 right about now he's a great personality for the sport it could be an ambassador for a positive role model for little kids but you feed him these top five top 10 fighters and he's not that caliber just yet he's a piece of cold that you could grind mm-hmm. up and he can be a cornerstone of your of your company. Yeah.
1: You're absolutely correct. What I feel like they did with um, Northcutt, Zach Morris from Say about the Bell, I like to call him. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I feel like they did to him, they ruined his career, in my opinion. Yeah. Because like you said, he is a cold that could have been turned into a diamond. And you fed him into this fight where he had no business being in that fight. He needed more fights to get his experience up, to get that hunger up, and develop his skills. Let's be honest, he's um, Taekwondo and stuff or whatever, but Inside the Ring is completely different. Yeah. And he needed that experience, and UFC took that away from him. Why? Blonde hair, blue eyes are just trying to push him really fast, and they messed up with him.
0: I mean, um, same thing with the... um... And uh, this one's near and dear to my heart and probably is to you, too, because we're pro wrestling fans. Yes. So when you look at Ooh, I know where you're going. CM Punk, yes. I felt like, number one, that was just a disrespect on his, uh, to him personally. I think it was just Dana White mm-hmm. throwing his mm-hmm. weight around in the UFC. He could have mm-hmm. been utilized on The Ultimate Fighter as a cornerstone of that show for that series, giving you ratings to a show that is ultimately dying right about now. No, instead, you put him against someone who you were building as someone who was a scrub and at the end of the day <laughs> scrubbed out CM Punk on live pay-per-view.
1: Yes, that CM Punk fiasco, like you said, it, it was disrespect. And like you said to talk about The Ultimate Fighter, The Ultimate Fighter has died because there's actually a series going on right now and I didn't even know about it. <laughs> That's how bad The Ultimate <laughs> Fighter is doing. Honestly, that's how bad it's doing. And I believe it's female fighters. But the Ultimate Fighter is doing really bad. Like you said, they should have injected Punk in there. And, you know, he could have also been training in the house to get yep. his weight up. Yep. And But, no, you want to take him. And you, I agree with you 100%. Mikey Gall, that scrub. You you want to put him against that. And then, and then what made him look bad, what made him look bad, excuse me, you want to wrestle CM Punk all day. Yep. CM Punk is blue chip. You know, he has no type of experience in there. And you want to go grind the guy out. Like, come on. Then after that, you want to call out Dan Hardy. I'm sorry. I'm just getting off
0: topic. Yeah, go for <laughs> my, it. Go for it. My, because... my, my,
1: Mikey Gold scrub. But yeah, they definitely did handle the CM Punk situation wrong. He could have definitely handled it better. And who knows if he would have handled it different. Like you said, he let his ego get in the way. CM Punk could have another fight right now he can be fighting still in the ufc yeah and bringing dana money if that's what he likes
0: that ultimate fighter season if they would have put punk in there would have been as big as the ultimate fighter 10 which i think is the highest rated ultimate fighter ever recorded so far well that's the one with kimbo and roy nelson oh, yes yeah, I remember that. even it was an atrocity it was <laughs> it was we all went to see it we all want to either see kimbo knock somebody out or kimbo get knocked out yeah, and that would have been the same for Punk. You know, you have somebody who's at the tail end of his—I I, well, not even the tail end of his career because I think pro wrestlers have more longevity, um, in pro wrestling, of course, than of course uh, MMA or, or or boxing. But yeah. you know, CM Punk's no spring chicken. He's about to be thirty-eight years old, and you would see that this guy having either. A, a Herschel Walker story. Remember that guy, Herschel oh, Walker? yeah. Remember that beast? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, having that kind of story of, like, old man trying to take on the young guys, and it would have mm-hmm. brought eyes. It would have brought money. You left money on the table, and then you took a blow-fucking-dryer and just sent it all flying away.
1: Yeah, just sent it all flying away, and it's, like you say, I believe his ego got in the way because another pro wrestler... Handled the situation extremely different. Look at Brock Lesnar; he yeah. baby Brock Lesnar yeah. in the UFC. He fed Brock Lesnar. Um, I don't want to call them bums, but he fed them small fights. You know, yeah. uh, Heath Herring—that's a name right there. Heath yeah. Herring, mm-hmm. Frank Mir—he just laid on him. I mean, I'm not taking nothing away from Frank Mir. Frank Mir is one of the best heavyweights to ever do it. But look at the Brock Lesnar career. Look at CM Punk's career. Handle different and. It, it just went horrible. And, and
0: even till today, not to cut you off, look at you know, last what? year's fight. He was handled differently. I mean, he came in without USADA testing him whatsoever and Ooh. came uh, Brock <laughs> Lesnar. And then yeah. he came in with that Mark Hunt fight on steroids. Exactly. Uh, and you know what? I, I will say this. All right. And we'll get into the ugly in a minute. But. Because there's two flip uh, sides of the coin when it comes to steroids. I don't believe steroids makes your punches harder, makes your kicks harder. You're not going to land a spinning heel kick because you did steroids, okay? (laughs) (laughs) That's practice, you know? Is the healing ability better? Yes. You recover from workouts and training a lot better than a normal person would. I get that. Muscle tissue forms a little faster uh, to recover Mm -hmm. with steroids. I got that. But – he wasn't tested. It wasn't a fair contest. He came in a little bit overweight than Mark Hunt as well, too. And the fact that he won, still was on steroids, still keeps his win, I believe. Did, he, did they strike his win yet, or does he, did he keep it? I'm not sure. I know they spoke about it, but I think he still kept it. I think he kept that yeah. that, that win. And at the end of the day, he went back to WWE and made a quarter of a million dollars with, with one appearance. So mm-hmm. that guy gets treated like royalty everywhere. Not to take anything he away does. from him. He's a freak of nature. Uh, what he can do in the fucking ring, I wish I could do. Uh, you know, let me fucking go against Cain um, <laughs> Velasquez. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> see my ass here. Watch real quick. So I'm not taking anything away from him. <laughs> no, you
1: see, I'm sorry to cut you off. But now, we have two different, this is why I disagree with you. We have two different views on Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. He's hurt the sport, in my opinion. Okay. He has hurt the sport because you come here, you throw your name around. Oh, I'm Brock Lesnar. You know, I'm a freak of nature. You come into their sport, their world. This is how they make their money. This is how they feed their family. You come from another sport, juiced out your eyeballs, then you make some money, and then you just leave. Yep. No, that's that's a scumbag move, if you ask me. And oh, that definitely. hurts the sport. And that hurts the sport. And then he just sits over there, laugh while he's basking in his money. I've personally never really liked what Brock Lesnar is doing, coming and going, coming and going. I've never been a fan of that. He's just been hurting the sport. And who's to say, which most likely he has, all his fights in the UFC, he's been on juice.
0: No, no, I I agree with you on that one. That could be a valid point right there.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's been on juice on all his fights because if you watch pro wrestling, if you're a fan of both, you see him super swole in the UFC. But then when he gets to WWE, he looks so small again. And that's that he's off the cycle. So, he's hurt
0: the sport, in my opinion. I'm going to let you have that, but I'm also going to remind you that when Brock Lesnar came up with Viking Lesnar beard, you were on oh, that shit. When he came out with that fly, he need a cane. You were like, wait a yeah. minute, and then he got scrubbed. <laughs> hey, man.
1: Hey, maybe the roids made him do that fly.
0: <laughs> no. And to speak about roids, uh, to go into more of an uglier situation, I figured we could end off ugly here. And speaking about one of the biggest controversies in the UFC and what's hurting MMA altogether, the Jon Jones-Daniel Cormier fiasco that's happening right now. How do you feel about that?
1: Uh, I feel good and bad at the same time, honestly, because it's probably the only rivalry we have seen in the past years in the sport. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have rivalries no more. Like, let's say Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, yep. Frank Shamrock, Tito Ortiz. We don't have those rivalries. That's what kept you intrigued. Yeah. Like, Richard and Jackson, Quinton and Jackson. We don't have that. So, I feel good on that behalf, but what's going on, I guess you can say the effect of the rivalry has... That's the ugly, that's the bad. Where... The outside of the ring stuff, you get what I'm saying? Yep. The, the drug abuse from John Jones, the hidden runs and all that stuff, like that crashing the car recently with the juice, you know, all that stuff, getting caught off camera, telling Cormier, I'm going to spit on your face or I'm going to end you or something or whatever he was saying. All that outside of the ring stuff, that's the ugly. But the rivalry, I, I, I'm all for that.
0: No, I feel you on that part right there, and you know, I, you know more than anybody else. I've been a John Jones lover, avid lover, oh, avid yeah. supporter since day one. <laughs> yeah. Sucking him since I seen him on Fighters Magazine, and I was yeah, like, that, uh, "That boy good, that boy good, <laughs> that boy good." I, I was gonna say that. Sorry for cutting you off. I remember,
1: I remember the first fight. You came to the house. We were gonna kick it. I believe we were gonna watch UFC 100, yep. and he fought on the undercard. Yeah, hey, fought and yeah, he fought Bonner and he destroyed him with that illegal spinning back <laughs> elbow. I'm sorry, we should have We should have saw the
0: scenes.
1: <laughs> yeah, we should. We should have seen the signs. Like, but um, like I remember you pulling out the magazine. That boy, good. John falls away from him. Like, so, but yeah, no. Like, I do agree. You have been fan from day one.
0: And I don't agree what he's doing um, outside the sport and inside the sport as well, too. I believe any person that is on that much of a high in fame is going to either make or break. And it looks like it's breaking them with the drug abuse, with the cocaine, with uh... (laughs) the... Dude, Cox, cocaine? (laughs) You are no part of this. (laughs) It's a nightmare.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, we're having too much fun with this. A little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do feel that he's hurting himself, and he's a young guy too. He's hurting himself. He's hurting the sport, giving the, the sport a bad reputation of just taking people, along with Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. taking people and, and just putting an acceptance on their bad behavior, whether it's self-harming, whether it's a detriment to themselves or their opponent or the sport. I think he's a flag waver of what's wrong right now in MMA. But... I'm not going to say that DC's innocent in this motherfucker right here. <laughs> Only for the fact that, yes, you can bitch and moan that John Jones has beat you on steroids. My point, again, what I was saying before, steroids are not going to make you the most elusive fighter in the world. And if it was a case where it was a split decision in that last fight between them... I could say maybe, yeah, I would get my title back because of some fuckery. But no, you got caught. You got called for kick, and you got pounded out pretty bad to the point where you were grabbing and hugging the referee saying, is it over? (laughs) So you really, as a man, as a man, you just can't say, oh, I want my title back. I'm champion. And then parade around saying that you are the legitimate champion after you got beat legitimately.
1: You're absolutely correct, and I'm going to get to the D.C. real quick. I apologize, but I wanted to touch something with John Jones. The problem with John Jones as well, he could have been the greatest. Oh, yeah. And I believe his rise, his meteoric rise was so fast that he did not know how to handle it. No. Like, it happens with a lot of fighters. I would have sat here. I could sit here and tell you if he would have kept going, he would have eclipsed. Anderson Silva, in my opinion. Oh yeah, He's, because excuse me, he was a younger Silva. He was a baby Silva. <laughs> like yeah. he, he, you know, that's what I feel like it was his downfall. yeah if would have kept his nose clean, no pun intended. No <laughs> yeah. full
0: pun intended. Full <laughs> pun intended.
1: But go ahead. <laughs> and his destruction. And but with the with the John Jones, real quick before I forget, I also feel like. When do you pull the plug on this guy? Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. How much longer are you going to allow him to hurt the sport? Mm -hmm. He is a famous fighter. He does put asses in the seats. But how much longer are you going to allow him to parade and ridicule the sport and your federation? You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, when do you pull the plug on him? So that's, I I don't know what's going to happen. I know they stripped him, which leads me now to Cormier. He takes the belt back. Hey, I got my belt back, bro. That that that's bush league. That's yep. bush league. You, yeah, didn't, yeah. you did not do nothing with that. Spaghetti. And, and when he had that, let's like his title reign was so bush. First of all, he won the interim from John. Um, excuse me, from Anthony Johnson. Yep. Anthony Johnson has no ground game. He nope. sub Anthony Johnson. That's an easy fight for him. Then he defended it against a good light heavyweight, you know, Alexander Gustafson. But let's be honest, Gustafson hasn't been the same since that awesome thriller with John Jones. Yep. So he hasn't really been the same. So that's probably one credible defense. And then one thing that hurts the sport, hurts the champion in my opinion, you give him a fight against Anderson Silva, a non-title match. Oh, you get and, what I'm saying?
0: Anderson couldn't even make weight in that match either.
1: Yeah. So that was just a freak match within itself. Hurt both fighters, in my opinion. Yep. Then he defends the belt against who again? Anthony Johnson. And it's the same thing all over. So it's like your title reign has been Bush. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he the other day was quoting, people are going to learn to um, realize my accomplishments and the septum But what have you accomplished? You've been handed that belt by default and technicality. Yep. You haven't earned it. So your title reign is Bush. And you're walking around parading, with your chest all out, like, you're a fucking badass of the division. No, technicality, bro. So I I just, I I believe also how he's handling his title reign. He's hurting, not the sport, but that whole ugly whirlwind with him and Jones. Because, sorry, like, I just get so caught up. But Boral, for example, Boral won an interim belt, but he gave that belt integrity. Mm -hmm. He defended it against top fighters and he defended that interim belt like it was it was the real belt, you know, and it was his belt in his eyes. It was the real belt. And um, excuse me, Cormier has not done nothing like the to make people sit here and be like, okay, that's the real belt. He's the real champion. You're just you're just running your mouth. You're not proving
0: it in the cage. And then when I look at Daniel Cormier, I don't even look at him as an ambassador to sport. You you cannot be an ambassador to sport um, promoting your product when you know that you have title wins over controversy. And Mm. when you look at that, it doesn't give the sport credibility. So that's what I feel like it hurts the sport because the UFC prides itself on being the top MMA company in the world. Okay, so if you're doing that, that means all your champions should be credible. And no offense, UFC has the most interim titles ever in any sport <laughs> right about now. Yeah, you know, like uh, Robert Whittaker as the interim championship. Isn't Um, who, uh, Holloway's champion as well, too, in the... Is he interim champion or is he actually oh, the
1: champion? No, he's he's actually a champion. You're he'd right. he Jose Waldo, like there you call him. <laughs> <laughs> that boy, good. That boy, good. Yeah. But
0: at the same time, when you're an ambassador to the sport, you're supposed to carry the sport with pride, and you cannot yeah. be a prideful man taking a title after a beat. I'm sorry. Um, when I. I was actually pondering this the other day and Mm -hmm. to get out of this fiasco, I would have definitely had, you remember when the UFC came out with the flyweight tournament and it was a couple of dudes over a span of two months that fought for that title the end of it, they crowned a new flyweight champion with Beatrice Johnson. Same thing could have happened with this lightweight, champ- light heavyweight championship where they could have had people of the likes of Jimmy Manoa. You could have had Glover Teixeira come back into this as well, too. You could have had a couple people that could have made a name for themselves over the course of maybe fight nights or even a two-month um, handling of a tournament style for the li- maybe a lightweight show of a tournament mm-hmm. and then promote that pay-per-view as the legitimate champion. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you on
1: that 100% because what they could have did perfect scheme build up some fight nights with these fighters like you said, Jimmy mm-hmm. Manuel, Teixeira, even bring back Gustafson, yep. Rumble, throw Rumble. him in the mix. Fighters like that um, let them fight fight nights and like you said have one solid pay-per-view to fight for the vacant title Yeah. but what hurt the sport is that he kept injecting that rivalry that rivalry and mm-hmm. we we see Cormier for what he is which is uh it may be a little rough but we see him for what he is not that good of a fighter you know because you have not sat here and actually won that belt uh decisively in my yeah. opinion
0: yeah and that right there is the ugly folks i mean we were avid mma fans we want to see the sport improve there are breadcrumbs to to, to the promised land when it comes to mma i do believe that it's going to be the sport of the future still um it just needs a little bit of work it needs a little bit of love i feel like no one's loving the sport right now
1: mm-mm, mm-mm. it's de- definitely not sorry for cutting you off it, re- it really is suffering right now and it's like a malnourished baby. <laughs> like, they're, they're not, sorry for the analogy, but they're not nourishing the sport well. Like you said, it's, it, it needs a little love and care, a little bit of new direction, new incentive, new, new, new thinking, free thinking. Um, take fighters from across sea, you know, just go yep. around the world, look for fighters, bring them back, revamp the sport that's what it needs it needs to be nourished and pampered and Definitely. it's suffering and like you said it's hurting and it hurts for me as a fan and you as well i know
0: and and, and not to cut you off give them stories though give them, give give them backstories give me like a good yeah. half an hour on a fighter who's coming from <laughs> indonesia and he's the only person right now that that um is the legitimate champion in that country and wants uh-huh. to evolve and come to this platform and be the best give me those stories i remember when um yushin okami came and okami was great i mean you had people oh, he was, oh, that, was he, I, that boy's coming back as well too I right hear. but he yes he is <laughs> for one fc though it's not the ufc wow. but still it's still oh, that still okay. yeah. good Oh, <laughs> when you have people who and have elaborate backstories, and everybody always has a great backstory when it comes to MMA. They don't True. just do this because they're bored. They do this because they love the sport and because they have a legitimate passion for something in this. Let them yeah. speak their mind.
1: You're absolutely correct, and I agree with you 100%. We need to bring it back to the days of that pre-fight UFC fight night special or pay-per-view special where we would get hype. I know you would get hype. I would get hype. Um, One of our friends, shout out to Jeremy, he would get hype. We would sit here and watch these. It felt like a documentary and it was an hour, half an hour, whatever it was, but you would see the fighter. They would make him a person. You get what I'm saying? He just wasn't a fighter. They would give you his backstory. They would give you his struggle. You learn about these people. You learn to like them. And like you said, these fighters have awesome backstories, you know, they just it's just not like, oh, I'm going to be an MMA fighter because I want to fight. No, a lot of these fighters have been through struggles, hardships, um, overcame diseases and stuff like that to be where they're at. And definitely that's one thing that they need to do, make the fighter likable again, not just look like a piece of meat in their scrapping. You exactly, and then
0: no. not to cut you off on this part, you—if you, you can't have a fighter that can talk and promote himself, UFC, mm-hmm. you still fucking have Joe Rogan, who is a great mouthpiece for your mm-hmm. product. He's recognizable; people know him from the past. He can promote your product. Bellator, you have fucking Morale. Moral. What the hell? Use him. He will hype anybody up. He'll put a fucking big pun reference for a fighter and make him the love, biggest thing in the world.
1: I, oh, man. I love his reference. Uh, he, he, he uses all these hip-hop analogies.
0: I mean, guys, get your shit together. That's what we want. We just want you guys to... Even if it's uh, a D-list fighter show, let the people fight. Let these guys, these men, these women, these fighters enjoy what they love don't regulate them let them have fun let them have sponsorships let them fight because this is their livelihood
1: yeah i agree with you let them fight because that's their livelihood that's for them it's survival this yep. is how i put food on the table yep that's that's how i make my living and let them fight and just bring a personality to these fighters that's how i feel just don't don't make them seem like a piece of me these are actual people walking into the cage with stories and backstories let let, let's bring it back to the day where we love these fighters where we felt like we connected with these fighters in my opinion
0: definitely definitely i think we're gonna leave it right there guys um uh, my
1: boy, Jay, where can they reach you on Bumpers? Yeah, Um, screen name, Bronx Camora. The series is called The Stoop. The Stoop. Come on by. The <laughs> Stoop. Come on by. Let's kick it. Let's talk. Sports talk. Banter. I welcome all that nonsense because I like a good discussion and dialogue. You know, I'm always up for it. So I, I definitely will have to bring you on The Stoop, Frank. We're going to kick it. We're going to talk about anything and everything. That's what happens at The Stoop. So that's oh. where you can reach me at. Bronx Kamora. Okay
0: yeah definitely definitely man and then um, i was talking to the guys the other day at the side room and we were collaborating a couple of things we love to have you on a couple episodes too just talk the shit and bullshit a little bit so that's coming bro so be be ready
1: yeah definitely i appreciate it shout out to those two i like i said man i'm proud of you guys the project that you're doing you know i'm gonna support it and i'll be on if i'm invited it'll be an honor i'm humbled you know since i'm just new into this world i appreciate it and real quick, now that we're talking about the UFC, favorite fighter of all time, without thinking.
0: Oh, why did you do that? Because oh, I said I got to spice it up. <laughs> got to spice it up. That's the first dude that came in my head was John, John Jones. Jones. Oh. Ah, fuck. That fucked me up. Okay. <laughs> okay, gotta, I'm going to throw one throw for you. The worst ball. fighter.
1: Worst fighter? Without oh, thinking. Charlie Brenneman. <laughs> yeah, worst fighter, bro. That, that, that was easy. Come on, the, the, the Conquistador, Charlie Brevin, like, he's a bomb. Like, yeah, that was, that was easy. He beat your boy, like, Rick Story. Uh, I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I'll shut up on that one.
0: Matt, let, let me get off this podcast. Like, <laughs> well, guys, um, you can always reach me at the Side Room Podcast along with my boys over there, International Lou and K Dog. Um, you can reach me here at the Sidecast. We're here on iTunes. We're here on Bumpers. You can reach us at the Facebook page of the Side Room Podcast. And if anything else, always keep your mind and your eyes on the side. Later. Later.